Hello and welcome to the Villa Park Podcast. It's me, Rich, and I'm back with Kev for our Lions Raw match reactions, fans forum. Um, it's been an eventful weekend. Um, you know, great result, but then a couple of things, a couple of issues off the pitch and a couple of issues on the pitch that have uh, that have caused a little bit of controversy. So I'm sure we'll get into that. Plus all of your comments, all of your questions, uh, all of your kind of views on, on what's happened uh, across the game. So, yeah, get involved in the show. This is your show. This is the fans forum. So get involved. First of all, though, Kev, it's been a little while since we've we've been on a show. I, I'm trying to remember when was it last? Were you on the Newcastle reaction? Feels like um, ages ago. I, can't, I don't think I was on the Newcastle reaction. No, I wasn't. I don't remember. Remember that one. I don't know. Probably did like a, a positive a positive podcast before the Newcastle reaction. <laughs> Um, and then obviously um, Newcastle happened. So yeah, mate, it's like a bit like the old old days, kind of. Um, you know, when we had like you know maybe 150 subscribers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's um. Look at us now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, 2,300. Uh, I think it's 2,322 at last count. So well on the way to 3K, as I keep saying. Um. And uh, yeah, the growth been tremendous. So everyone who's watching, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Our viewer number, our viewer count isn't actually working at the moment. So um, I'm sure we've got loads watching, but continue to hit that like button, guys, um, just so we can uh, we make sure that we're getting as many people on board as possible. Um, comments coming in. Uh, Credo joining us. Feeling better now? Yes. <laughs> Big up Villa Park Pod. Thank you very much, mate. Duncan in the house. Now I need to. Oh, obviously Chelsea and Arsenal are playing, aren't they? Duncan was second. Duncan was second in the fantasy football league. Uh, Kev, you were twenty-first last week as well, so mm. you had a great week last week. I'm not sure how this week's going, but Duncan was second in the Villa Park Pod League, and he's also um, added his membership for three months now, which is fantastic. So thank Love you, it. Duncan, for your support there. If Love anyone it. else wants to become a member wants to donate to the channel just hit the dollar sign at the bottom and follow the instructions rachel hi rachel great to have you on jam jack in the house duran duran so good they named him twice absolutely we'll be getting into all of that um mark evening mark great to have you in mate and uh deco great to have you on board mate thank you for joining um so kev sunday our season started um and after the debacle against uh, Newcastle, um, I don't think we could have asked. And we were talk about this in the in the um, we were talk about this in the preview. You know, if you want a home game, well, the next the next game after Newcastle away is you want a home game, and then you kind of really want, you know, Everton is certainly one of the teams that you want to face, isn't it? Really. Well- I was saying to any, anyone that would listen to me talk about the Villa after, obviously, you know, what happened at Newcastle, that if I could pick a single game to follow that up with, I wouldn't I wouldn't even take, like, Luton at home, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home. Like, I honestly think that Everton at home will be easier than Hibernian at home. Genuinely. Because Everton... Oh, yeah? H- are, Hibs will have a lot to play for, you know? Dog poo. It's uh, still close to the watershed, so I didn't never know watched the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everton, Everton are rubbish. I mean, every time I've watched Everton at Villa Park the last few years, I've come away from every game thinking, and this is obviously going around a lot now, that circling the plug hole comment, but thinking they've got absolutely nothing really to compete in the Premier League. 
I mean, the um, the win last year was, I think we made, because obviously it was under, under Gerard. It says a lot that we beat a team at home under Gerard, um, because obviously we weren't great under Gerard last season, particularly before he left. But it was, and even that then was a very unconvincing win, because obviously they, you know, were really pushing towards the end. But for probably 80 minutes, they just had no quality. And Arna was like the best player yeah. I had. This, this time around, I was slightly worried that Calvin Loom was fit, because I think he's a decent player. And obviously they've got, you know, Anana and they've obviously got Iwobi, I think, but that's probably about it. And it was it was the same again. It could have been a cricket score, really. And we took our foot off the gas, didn't we, for yeah. most of the second half. Everton are as bad as a team as I've seen down Villa Park for the last three or four years. And I think they're they're banging trouble this season. Yeah, I was I would I actually fully, fully agree with you. I was kind of like you know, a little bit wary before the game about maybe their kind of height of set pieces. You know, maybe they, you know, a couple of the players, like Calvert Lewin coming back. Um, you know, Onana in that midfield, Decore who likes to get forward. I was thinking, you know, they have got one or two players that could cause a bit of problem, or you know, would they kind of shut us out with the, with you know Tarkovsky at the bent at uh, the back? Sorry, but they was they were they were so bad. Just in the fact that. I don't think they had any sort of plan, which is quite was quite strange for a Sean Dyche team. They had no real plan, had no real structure. And it was really strange to see them like if a team is gonna press, they would you you expect them to press and to to pressurize in numbers, you know, one all go and then they'll all go and they'll really try and pen you in. Or they'll stay off and they'll try and pick, you know pick up interceptions and try and block passing lanes and stuff. They weren't doing either. They were basically pressing for a little bit. We'd make a couple of passes and then they would just step off. And then how Torres would just be able to dribble the ball forwards. It was so bizarre like what they were what they were doing. I just think, like you said, they they they're in, you know, if if they if it's an indication, if that game is an indication of what they're gonna be like this season, I am really worried for them. I said to the people near me, and bear in mind, like I didn't know that stat about us winning eight eight home games in a row and not conceding from open play in any of those wins. You know, I was conceding two goals from set pieces. I didn't know that stat. I know we've been decent at home lately under Emery. Emery, I say lately in terms of the last few league games we played, but you know, being a Villa fan, you never think any games a banker because we've struggled at home against all sorts of teams. And yet, I said to the people around me at uh, the game on Saturday about sort of ten to th- uh, ten to two. Sorry, I was like. Um, forget that games don't kick off at three o'clock anymore. Um, I was like, I have absolutely no worries about this game. And that's on the back of us just getting tonked by by Newcastle. I had supreme confidence. Um, I like Sean Dyche. Um, I, I think he comes across as a decent fella. I've heard him on a couple of like, podcasts. I think he's got good standards. I think he's really like done well for himself. You know, someone who has actually go the hard way because obviously he didn't have the most high profile playing career, Chesterfield, Watford, etc. But he's done a really, really good, good job, you know, particularly Burnley to get to get this gig. He did a really good job last season. He got a bit of spirit in the team and particularly at home, they were good. But the players just aren't good enough. And this is the mm-hmm. team that spent a lot of money over the last five to 10 years, a lot of money. And, you know, breached FFP, they reckon, and obviously the stuff going on with that. But you look at their squad and their team, I mean... Not a single player in their team would get in our team. Not a single player on their bench would 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 or bench or team would, would get in our team. You might you'd probably take Calvert Lewin if he was fully fit and he won't be, and maybe Decore. But that might be about it for your squad. That's it. And this is Everton who you know we nearly went down three, four years ago. And Everton would have been a team that would have been looking to kick on, but it's just been it's just been poor. They're just not good enough. 
And you play against a team like Villa with the form we're in, and they must have known straight away that they, they weren't going to win. It was yeah. chance after chance after chance, wasn't it? Well, I, before we kind of get into the goals and people's comments and stuff, like I actually thought that, like coming away from it, I thought, would would that be a game that Dyche would have thought, you know what, we're probably not going to win this game. Like, And obviously it turned out a 4-0 defeat, which is terrible. But like... If they if they go into Wolves, who they've got next game, and think, oh, you know what, we'll get we'll, if we can get we'll push for three points against Wolves and three points from three games, you know that kind of points per game ratio it doesn't look too bad. And I wonder if there are will be teams that will go away from home, particularly at like say a Villa, a Brighton, and obviously your top teams, and just think, you know what, we're not we're not really going to get we're not going to be able to get anything from this game. In it, mad to even consider that we might be one of those teams. That and I don't want to. I don't want to come across as disrespectful. I don't want to say like, "Oh, no. we're this supreme team" or anything like that. But it just, it just gave me that air. You know, like if if they'd have got, if it would have stayed at one nil after seventy five minutes, they might have thought, you know what, we can give it a go for the last fifteen. But because it was two nil after half an hour, yeah, it, the way that they played that game was as if like we've lost it. There's no, there's, there's, yeah. there's no chance of us winning, getting anything out of this game. And even 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline, you know, because you get yeah. one back momentum. It, it's like you're guaranteed almost, you, you, you at least believe you're going to get an equaliser. I felt yeah. about the whole game. And I don't think it's disrespectful because obviously our home form is absolutely brilliant. But to think that someone might view that game like, like we might view Man City away is, is unbelievable. It's... Listen, listen, there's got to be three teams that go down, but I mean, they got Wolves next game. If there's ever been a game you put on some cash for a nil-nil draw, I mean, neither of them score. Wolves look really good going forward up until the point of putting the ball in the net. And I do think the chances they've created in the first two games, they will at some point get some over the line. But this 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 comes back to me. We might talk about Watkins obviously on this pod. Um, but um, you know, look at look at Everton's options up top and Calvert Lewin's never fit, etc. Looks like they're going to get Chai Adams. I think Chai Adams is a decent player, but he's just been relegated with Southampton. They're bringing in a, a, a striker who was up front for a relegated team. Um, I think Dan Juma's got a bit, but has Dan Juma got enough to get you 10, 15 goals? They are they are, they are struggling. But I know what you mean. The, the thing that was surprising about the Dyche team was they absolutely like a fight. Mm. Offensive howlers. Yes. I mean, it really helped us out because... We didn't need to get out of second gear, really, did we? We were we were at it no. first half. We like attacking the, the the north stand, obviously. Uh, you know, sorry, we like it second half. We like attacking the Holt first half because we've obviously been quite successful about doing that. And I don't know whether we, we won or lost the toss, but again, there was. A, there was oh, I, I think I think it's a ploy now. I think it mm-hmm. we do. I think Emery likes it. Makes sense. Yeah, know, it makes sense. Get off to a good start. Um, so absolutely, absolutely does. And then once that happens, I think against Villa now, they would have seen what happened against Brentford. They would have seen what happened against Man United, seen what happened against Newcastle. All these teams we, we've we've had fast starts against and they probably would have thought the crikey were, were in for it today. Yeah, 100%, mate. A um, few comments coming in. Dunk said, thanks for all the content, for all the great content, lads. Uh, thank you for your support, mate. You know, it really does, really does mean a lot to us. Uh, Villa, Everton and Everton's and Brighton's bogey team for sure. Yeah, well, we've got enough bogey teams, so it's about time we were someone else's bogey team. Deontay in the house. Hello, everyone. Hello to you. Great to have you on board. Uh, Rachel said, I worry for Everton. They really do feel like Villa did when we were relegated. 100%. Jason says, "Um, Everton were very poor, but take nothing away from Villa. I totally agree. Mr. Sensible. Hi, all. Hi, hello, mate. Um, 
great to have you in. And your comment there, we'll come to that later on. Aidan says, uh, great reaction. Everton were dross, but we did exactly what was needed. On a side note, how are we going to deal with the homegrown player requirements for Europe if we send on our academy players? Great question. We will come to that later. Um, Deco, um, they have no threat, no cutting edge. Dice is decent. Dice is decent, but they've given him an impossible job. No money to spend, likely to get a points deduction given they've made a loss of 400 million. Yeah, that's really one to look out for and how what the um, what the FFP ruling is for them in, I think it's October. Mm-hmm. Um, Adamski in the house. Hi, all. How are you doing? Up the villa. Um, Dunk was a great performance Sunday. Diaby is true class. I'll raise a main concern here. Uh, Yes, well, we're going to come to Watkins. We're definitely going to come to Watkins, potentially fluffing chances. And we've called it on this. We have. We have been consistent with that. Uh, and Dunk says Ing- Ings would have buried 75% of them easy. Um, these injuries are killing us at the moment, says Mr. Sensible. Yep. Um, Dale says, hi, all. Great win. And the season starts now. I'm not sure what Stephen says. Put a five run. Ah, he put a five on Gary's four nil and got 145 quid. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We don't, you know, gambling makes sure you're over 18 and uh, and all that and all that jazz. Rich, Rich do, you know, do, you know, do you know what my lad said? Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be four nil, dad. And I used to sometimes have a quid on it or a couple of quid on it. Just the only time, you know, uh, I like ever get involved with gambling with my kids. And I thought, nah, it's not going to be four nil. I didn't put any money on it and it was four nil. He was devastated. Yeah, before he would have won, like, I don't know, probably would have been a what? I don't know, 10, 11 to 1, wouldn't it, though? But still, you know. Yeah, really me. nice, though. Yeah, always yeah. It, always, stick, always cover it with a quid. Yeah. Dale, Everton doing would have liked Dan Juma for us. Looks a decent player in a very poor team. Yeah, he must have thought, what am I doing here? Um, yeah, talk about Ings there. He doesn't press. Yeah, I think we, we will get into that conversation on Watkins. Uh, Jordy Villain says, give it a couple of years and we'll be seen as everyone's bogey team. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's hopefully, hopefully. Um, maybe not, maybe okay, not. Cool, 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 cool. Let's uh, let's talk about the game then. Let's get into the goals, uh, because loads, loads, of, loads of talking points uh, we get into, so we will, we will come to those, I promise. But yeah, let's let's talk on, on the game. And obviously, um, good start, I've got off to a good start, and and obviously, I feel like I feel like a player who obviously has come under a lot of criticism. Um, Mr. Leon Bailey, I feel like that first 30 seconds of the game really gave us an indication of how his game was going to go. And I think that is Leon Bailey in a nutshell. It's very, very much like what El, uh, El Ghazi used to be like. Leon Bailey, first 10 seconds, got, gets the ball, takes it round one, takes it round another, and then passes it to, like, sets us off on, a, on, the, on an attack. And Luca Dean has a deflected shot wide. That, yeah. him beating those couple of players in that moment, set him set the tone for how he was going to perform in, in that game. And that kind of got us got us going. And um, and then, obviously, for the for that first goal, you know, he, he, he'd had a couple of little little sighters and maybe knocked the ball back and, and laid it off a couple of times. But then when he really went and went to the byline, it cuts it back perfectly for, for McGinn. And, uh, and he, uh, he puts it in the back of the net with real confidence. Yeah, you've got to give credit where credit's due. Um, I have been Leon Bailey's biggest critic, and I still am. 
Um, I think he, you know, he has one good game in, you know, seven or eight. And, um, but he does have a track record of doing uh, much, much, much better at Villa Park than he does away. I think he's been absolutely, you know, just anonymous away from home. But at Villa Park, have most of the ball. It seems like he, we do get a bit out of it. We obviously got, was it five goals last season? And and credit to him, I think he's arguably his best half of football in, in a Villa shirt, other than maybe when he came on for that cameo against, ironically, Everton. Um, and got obviously the goal and um, and the assist for, for Dina to flick it in. Um, because, look, that ability we saw on all those YouTube videos, he's clearly still there. I just think the problem for Bailey is he's wildly inconsistent. And when you're going into each game, and a lot of Villa fans feel the same now, and you just cannot rely on him. And and I'm, and I'm not talking rely as in, like, we know wingers are streaky, but, you know, even get a six or seven out of ten performance out of him, it'll either be a two or three out of ten or an eight out of ten. And there's just a lot more two or three out of tens. I, I did. I mean, there was one point when he fell over. He tackled himself, didn't he? Like he had no one near. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I'm it's thinking... almost like his legs sometimes run too fast for the the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like he, he did, he did. But you know, I guess sometimes that looks worse than, like, for instance, there was a couple of times in the first 15, 10, 15 minutes where he was actually sharper than Diaby. And like he was, he was laying passes in or playing, going for the one-two or the give and go, and Diaby just wasn't quick enough to read it. Now mm. we might turn around and say, "Oh Bailey, what are you doing?" But like it was actually Diaby's fault. But like if the shoe was on the other foot, we'd be like, "Oh unlucky, unlucky Musa, like blah, you know, do it next time or whatever." But with Bailey, we'd be like, "What are you doing? You're rubbish." Da, 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 da. I think that's a really fair point. I feel like with Bailey, with me, and probably a lot of other Villa fans watching. You know, when someone sat over your computer and you're trying to type anything, you're trying to type your own name and you panic and you, you spell and everything wrong. I feel like that's what it's like when I'm watching Bailey. Because anytime he does anything, I'm criticising every single turn or move or touch that he makes. Credit where credit's due, because I thought there was some good link-up play with Diaby once they got into the game. I thought I, th- I thought he'd overrun it for, for the McGinn goal, but obviously he did really well and got into it. So, yeah, just I just, I just think we've got to give him credit where credit's due. Yeah, yeah, and... And that's the frustrating thing, like Mr. Mr. Sensible said, he, he needs to find that consistency. And that's exactly what you said, mate. Um, Rachel said, if Bailey's first touch is good, you know he will be good that game. Being at home seems to help. Um, and that that and that's the thing, you know, that's do we just play him at home? Because I feel like away from home, you've got a different, you've got a different challenge. You're not gonna have the ball as much. And then you ask what you're asking for is um, you're asking for Bailey to do something maybe with 50% less touches of the ball. So obviously that particularly that first half, he absolutely smashed it and he was getting, you know, he was getting a lot of the ball. And so if he, if he has five dribbles and three of them come off and two of them don't work because he's getting the ball so much, he kind of, it kind of, you know, it, you, you you don't remember it so much, but when we're away from home and we don't get much of the ball, if he has like he might get five dribbles in a game, and if he if he messes up on four of them and one yeah. of them he puts a decent cross in, but Ollie Watkins misses it, we go, oh well, Bailey was crap. But like naturally, you're going to get the ball less. Now some of that is down to him, but some of it is potentially down to that that supply. Like are we are we dictating that game enough? Are the tactics there yeah. to suit? how he's playing and that that's the point like I'm not saying that he shouldn't be more consistent but I'm just saying like it, it stands to reason that he's going to have 
a better game at home purely on the basis that we're more on the yeah. front foot and we're going to have the ball more. Yeah, but that's like, you know, if you put me in a game at home in Villa Park, I'd play better than I would away because I get more of the board and have more time on the ball. Like, I think there's a reality that if I play five aside and I've got better players on my team, then I'm going to play better. Um, at the level we're looking to get to as a club, he, he he doesn't retain the ball well enough. I don't think his end product is good enough. There are moments of quality within that. And I think we take it at the moment. But I do think, you know, if it wasn't for the injuries, would even be getting the opportunities getting now. Um, we, we take what we can get because we know that despite him having the flaws that he's got, he's still effective. When you look at the likes of Diaby, McGinn around him, Watkins wasn't his day, but um, it was still way more than Everton, Everton could cope with him. And Ashley Young couldn't couldn't cope with Bailey generally, really. And um, so, you know, I don't want to be too negative on it because I think, think obviously we've had a fantastic performance. Normal service resumed under Unai Emery after what happened Absolutely. last um, But I'm still massive <laughs> The jury's out on, on Leon, unfortunately. I just, I just think, I, I don't, I don't think we'll ever see the consistency of performances that will get fans off his back. Yeah, and I, and I think that's 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 par for the course with with a a winger, a ma- a potential match winner like that. And I'm sure Diaby will face that criticism. Obviously, Watkins faces that criticism. When you're at that end of the pitch, you're expected to deliver chances and goals and if you're not delivering chances and goals then that's what's going to happen you know you're going to get criticized so i don't i don't think he's immune to that i just think he will that's just what is that's just what he's um he's got um cool i'll go through some comments uh kev has just got some uh business to attend to uh so we've got loads here uh and i have starred some um so let's go through. Pickford's save from Diaby was class. Yeah, well, it was a fantastic move as well. Um, and what a goal it would have been had had it uh, gone in. And Diaby, you know, connected with it perfectly. Um, just great reaction save from Pickford. Um, got some got some transfer rumours, which we'll come to in a bit. Um, Supi Mark says, we ain't the bogey team. We're who you send to kill the bogey teams. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, Ian said Bailey made a great fist uh, of the assist, and the way he assaulted the box for his goal was first class. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, obviously seeing him score that third goal of for Villa and his first of the season, you know, really sort of pouncing on the mistake and, and finishing it really well through uh, through Pickford's legs. And hopefully, I was going to say to Kev there, hopefully he can really sort of be inspired by that performance and use it as a catalyst to, to move forward because we've got Burnley, we've got Hibs, he might play on Wednesday, we've got Burnley on Sunday. You know, can he produce away from home because he's got a real opportunity there with a couple of teams where I'm sure we will have more of the ball or certainly carry a threat um, that he can, you know, he can really have an effect on. Um, Adamski said, is Unai being tricky, put, put McGinn on the left, sort of, and DRB central because you think it would be the other way around? I think I think to be honest, like when I watched Match of the Day, they they were swapping quite a bit, and they were come they were coming inside into those like little inside right inside left areas, uh, and trying to pick up the ball in the little half spaces, which was really good. Um, I mean, they both got different qualities. You know, if 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 Diaby's in that area, he's obviously going to try and get the ball on the half turn and really attack with pace. And I think he's maybe putting them on the side where Leon Bailey is because there's going to be a nice link up there with them. Um, and then obviously McGinn has got that strength, and if players try and engage with McGinn, he's going to turn them with his with his big ass, and he's going to get his body in the way, and he's going to attack. And and 
uh, come back to you, Kev. Like we've we've we were laughing in the stands. Like when McGinn is doing that running style, where his head's down, he's just going the hay, his arms are going in that haymaker style. You just can't stop him. It is. It, it's. It's bizarre. I mean, I'll go back to the, the analogy of like five-a-side football. Yeah, every now and then you've got a player. Players, you think they look like they've never played football in their life, but they're unbelievable. Like I mean, for me, it's like probably playing against some like you know f- fireman who's like look, he's like fifty-four and like you know twenty-eight stone, but his touch is immaculate and he kick constantly spins you. And it's like wow, where's this come from? Every time I watch him again, I feel the same. He doesn't look like a footballer really. You know, he's uh, you know, no no offense to him. You know, he's obviously in decent physical shape, but. Not traditional, and he doesn't look like he'd have great pace. It'd be great, great skill, but he's unbelievably effective. Some of the skills he was putting in at the weekend was just some of his turns. It was, it was just a joy to watch him at times. Absolute yeah. joy to watch him. Uh, um, I, and if if you talk about a, sorry, mate, if you talk about a captain's performance as well, like I think he is more vocal. I think he's getting more vocal, but just that example of a performance, like. I think it was Conza that said, like, if they see, whenever they see Bailey, uh, not Bailey, we've got Bailey on there. Whenever they same, see him again, like, pressing at that speed and running with the ball with that speed, it almost, like, inspires the rest of the team. And that's yeah. exactly what he does. Lead, leading from the front. And I think he's got more chance to do that now with the position he's playing. Playing that number six role, it's just, it's the dirty work. You haven't got much opportunity. So, um yeah. Bonjour, Dico. Come on, Savard. <laughs> Come on, Savard. I saw you. I saw your little uh, little chuckle when you saw that comment, to be honest. Very good. Very good. There you go. French French student vibes. Um, yeah. uh, let's go. Let Duncan's put a comment in there. Um, comments coming in, flying in thick and fast. So I'm trying to keep my, uh, do my best to keep up with them. But Dunk says, good to see Louise taking the pens now rather than Watkins. Obviously, <clears throat> Watkins won the penalty after, after uh, as Steve said, Pickford threw a haymaker and missed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a lovely taken penalty and uh, gets Louise off the mark as well. Never in doubt for me as well. And this is the thing, like, you know, Watkins, his record on penalties is, is, is to the point now where I think he looks confident when he takes it. He steps up. You're not sure what's going to happen. And I, I didn't doubt Louise for one bit. For, for, for one moment, like he stepped up there. I mean, I think it looked pretty obvious where he was putting it as well. I don't think he was particularly yeah. discreet about his angle of his body, but he was just right in the side name, and you you, you, went, you went saving that. And I think we've been called for it for a long time, whether it was going to be someone who can strike the ball well, whether that would be, a, a, you know, a Dina, a McGinn. Obviously, it's between McGinn and, and Louise apparently now in terms of whoever fancies it who's on the pitch. Uh, a Jacob Ramsey, someone like that. But Watkins, who... Kind of clearly strike a ball well, but his record in these sometimes in these sort of crunch moments, these clutch moments, you know, it might be a game we're playing somewhere where it ends up being a nil-nil or you lose one nil, where you know a, a goal scored from the penalty spot, you, you've got to in the Premier League take the majority of those opportunities. Um mm-hmm. and Louise is just calling a coolness personified, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And again, real steady performance. Him and Kamara looked like they were kind of back to that relationship. They did, I mean, they didn't really have any pressure put on them like Newcastle would. But yeah, it was nice to see them back to kind of that that um, that steadiness, that controlling games, and and uh, yeah, and, and that midfield looked real quality and looked to have real weapons in it. You know, you've got a bit of you've got Kamara there, kind of calm and in, in the tackle. And I've, I know I've criticized criticized him a little bit as well. 
Um, and then you've got Louise, the playmaker, and you've got McGinn, you know, that, that driving force, and you've got Diaby with that extra X factor, which is which is great. Um, let's let's go on to Watkins. You did mention him there about kind of not necessarily being an involved, not being that man in the clutch moments. And we were talking on the way down to the game, like even in that Newcastle game when he when he, he you know he does so well to beat Botman and it's three one at the time and he, he he gets in to have a shot. And the shot is kind of straight at Nick Pope. Like, and Nick Pope makes a mistake by palming it out to Cash, and Cash should score, obviously. But, you know, Watkins should be putting that into the low into the bottom corner. And then you look at the chances, the couple of chances that he had on, on Sunday, you know, the, particularly that second half one where he's he, he's one-on-one with Pickford and he, he doesn't even get it on target. You know, are we... We keep saying it, but we we, we must we must try and get an option to to kind of challenge Watkins or you know or, or get I don't know like Noah's there's put him saying is is the weak link of the team like is it is it as is it as kind of far as that is would you say it's as, as as drastic as that that he's now kind of the weak link of the team because he does have so many other qualities that he brings to our side and I know we'll come on to like the score of the final goal later it was great for him but there's a noticeable difference in terms of the the presence that we have up front at the moment, if Watkins isn't on the pitch, but is he our weak link? I wouldn't go that far yet. Uh, I think he's got a lot of credit in the bank for what he did since Emery came on board. You know, if you look at his, his goals to games ratio, he's probably as good as anybody other than Parlin probably for what he did. You know, was it 11 or 12 goals he scored? Uh, maybe 13 goals since, since November. So, You've got to give him the credit there. And and anyone can have an off day. I mean, the whole Villa team had an off day the week before at Newcastle. Maybe he's had two off days. Maybe he's one of these little ones isn't sleeping very well. Who knows? Um, but I think with Watkins, it's kind of like that point I made earlier about Bailey, like I'm scrutinising everything. If Watkins has a few more bad games, then every touch is being watched. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I felt, I felt his touch yeah. was off, though. I don't think his link-up play was particularly good. I don't think his, his options in terms of scoring goals, I think he looked like he was really going to going to get one. Um, but, but he's clearly the best striker we've got. I know, you know, Sam might not agree with terms of Archer, but, you know, he's clearly the best, most effective Premier League striker we've got. And I'm still confident he'll score goals. The question comes now for Villa fans and Villa is a club when if we really do want to push on to that next level, and, you know, I want to talk about that tonight, about the opportunity we've got and what we can do. But um, is Watkins the guy? Well, if you look around other top teams, who their strikers are, so let's look at the teams we are we are competing against. Harland, fine. What you know, levels above, but it's Harland and it's Alvarez, and that's it. That's what that's all they've got up top, isn't it? Really, um, mm. you've got Enketia and Jesus. Jesus has had his moments. Let's be clear, like, but you know, it he's, has a, a, he's a very streaky player, such as yeah. Watkins. Yeah, Man United. Would you be taking? Well, I don't know much about the, the, this 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 Hoyland. and Rashford doesn't really like playing up top, and Marshall's not another very streak, good. another streaky player. Yeah, you've then got Liverpool. Okay, Mo Salah, but he's not a traditional front man. But you know, he's the. Or you got Nunes, who again has had massive critique. Tottenham have got well, the main man's gone now, haven't they? Hasn't he? Um, I mean, Brighton. We've got Welbeck and Ferguson. I mean, really, there's not that many out and out strikers. Tony's banned. Like Newcastle, have got Isak and Wilson. I think they've probably got the best strike force in the Premier League. Newcastle, or when he's fit, I think Mbwemo and 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 uh, obviously Tony is as good. So we have to look at that and go. Watkins actually, is, with the goals he scores in the Premier League, he's 
is certainly effective. But we all want that superstar striker that's going to be get, get more goals and 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 do more. But Watkins is the thing he's got, I think, which is which is what keeps him around really well. He's got an all-round game. He can hold the ball up. He can link play. He can score goals. He's got decent pace. He's strong. He's an all-round centre forward. Um, yeah, a bad day at the office. But I don't know if Archer goes. Are we going to bring in another striker, or is it going to be? Is it going to be Duran and, and, and Watkins all season? Yeah, well, they, they have said that if it, it's another striker comes in off forward option comes in, then uh, then it would be on the basis of Archer going. Um, obviously, Zaniolo can play across the front areas, um, so he could be an option. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, you've you've summed it up pretty well there. I think we can we can all be a little bit too kind of perfectionist over certain players. Um, like you said, it was a it was a kind of a bad day at the office. And ultimately, had he put a chance away, we'd have probably turned around and said, Oh, you know, it wasn't his best performance, but he scored a goal and that's what he's there to do, sort of thing. Whereas he didn't score, and it's like, well, I had a bad game. It's like he was still a he was still kind of a threat, and I think to be fair to him, I think his hold up play and his link up play was probably better in the second half than it was in the first half. I think I think the first half belonged to Bailey, and the second half was, you know, we obviously took our foot off the gas, but I think Watkins did provide some good good moments and some good link up. Um, and yeah, we can be a little bit kind of guilty of looking at other teams, not necessarily looking too much at other teams, and thinking, well, you know what, like ah. Our kind of stock is is pretty good. Like, who else are we going to get now? I know there's other strikers abroad and all that kind of stuff. Flaevich that Duncan really likes, and I'm sure we'd all love a player like that. But have we got the money to operate in that field? Can we really? Can we really not do any more maneuvering with FFP? It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? So sometimes it's like, are we better the devil? You know, almost with 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 the Watkins that we know what we're going to get out of him. Well, we might we might be getting in five or six million for Bidace and, and Keenan Davis, so put that towards it, can't we? There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, few comments on it. Uh, Dunk said, "Yeah, um, not the type, not the striker type to take us permanently into the top six. Uh, Adamski, Watkins played well; he just didn't finish anything off. Uh, Deco, um, Watkins is just a streaky player. He does a lot of work, and he scored eleven in twelve or something last year. Yeah, maybe he just needs that one goal to." to uh uh to get him to get him going uh Adamski Watkins should play as a winger or behind the striker in a creative role maybe maybe I think we try we talked about that wide wide position but I think he likes it through the middle um uh Dunk said we don't we don't need a pressing striker anymore the squad quality has moved beyond that if Duran steps up then great Maybe so. Martin, hello. I've landed back home. What a win. Good Irish omen in the ground. I think that's nine out of nine for you. Um, Mr. Sensible is being very sensible, as his name suggests. A striker better than Watkins will cost big bucks. Uh, Steve says uh, once he gets one, he will get more. He's a confident player. Um, and this is one question, one comment that I was going to make here, actually, with, uh, that Ian said. I think with our new signings, there will be less pressure on Watkins to produce goals, so I'm not worried. Now, that is something that, you know, the days, the eras of <clears throat> 25, obviously we've got Haaland, who's a bit of a freak, Kane, again, consistent goal scorer, but everybody else, you know, if they manage to get 20 goals in a season, that's that's brilliant, isn't it? Whereas, you know, 
your most stri- most forward players are expected to do a lot of work with the team and the goals are meant to be spread out. And obviously we scored four goals on Sunday, four different scorers. So, you know, hopefully we're going to get more goals from them again. Hopefully Diaby is going to contribute. Bailey will contribute. Louise will contribute. Hopefully some of the defenders will contribute a little bit more. It's all about the team now, isn't it? Not just not just one player. It well, it well, it absolutely is. And if you look at the other teams as well, so because obviously we're going to have more more chances and we're a better team and we're higher up in the league and we'll have more possession, then we'll we'll score more goals as a team. We're going to have to if we want to kick on in the league. And therefore it will be shared around more. You know, and, and we've made that point around. I mean, this this is exactly the, the conversation point we have around our midfielders. You know, looking at um, a, a Buendia, obviously prior, obviously that, that nasty injury. But what are Buendia, McGinn, Louise, Tielemans, Bailey, what are they going to contribute in terms of goal? Is it going to be like the top teams? You know, what are the... I mean, Greenwich didn't have an amazing goal-scoring record, but, you know, they've always... City have always been crazy, haven't they, with De Bruyne and Silva and Gundogan. But Arsenal, you know, with an Odegaard, you know, it's those type of players who are stepping up from mid- midfield to, to score goals. So therefore, there is less reliance then. I mean, again, we made this point about strikers two or three minutes ago, but actually, a lot of teams aren't playing with all, almost a direct front man. You know, look at someone like mm-hmm. a Brighton; they're not always playing with a direct sense of you know all their goals come from a Welbeck or a Ferguson. It's you know Sonny March, it, it, it's Mitoma, it's you know Enciso. It, there's all sorts of people getting the goals. And if we replace what Watkins should get with I don't know, say McGinn gets seven or eight, Louise gets seven or eight. Diaby gets himself 13 or 14. If if Watkins does the same, you get a few goals from fullbacks, then you can start to really kick on. But that being said, if you've got a good striker with more chances, then you have a super season because your good striker scores themselves 20 or 25 goals. Three or four of your midfielders get 10, 15 goals plus, and then you're absolutely cooking, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think we had a comment here about... Um, the obviously this this the striker who scored the fourth goal. Uh, Adamski said Duran gave me Benteke vibes jumping onto that chance. Reminded me of Christian Benteke's debut versus Swansea. Feels like a brand new signing. And obviously you know it happens with the with strikers. Ollie Watkins goes off on 75 minutes and his replacement uh John Duran pounces on a mistake from uh, Ashley Young and um and Michael Keane and on 76 minutes, he's getting his first goal at Villa Park. And, uh, yeah, what a moment for the lad. Penny for Watkins thoughts. It's it's the equivalent of being binned off by your missus and then she's going out with Zac Efron a minute, minute later because, like, he's just come off the pitch. <laughs> Within a minute, the replacement, who's never scored for Villa, he's just watched, watched the main striker fluff his lines a couple of times and, you know, give away a possession, comes on, gets gifted a great assist by uh, I.I. Ashley Young. And Michael Keane does a half-hearted uh, tackle and he's in. He, he tries his best to pass it back to Pickford and luckily Pickford doesn't come off his line. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like I felt like, like I was so excited for him running through on goal. Yeah. I was literally like as if it was my own son. I was like, come on, lad, let's do it. It was, it was, a, great mo- it was a great moment in the game that was petering out and that was a fantastic moment. He's such a likeable character. Like, if you see him even before kickoff, he's always, he's always playing like the... Um, like the, the mascots on the side here, it always takes a bit of time to like, to like do a little bit of passing with them. I don't really see anyone else ever doing that, really. And clearly, you know, he, he's, he's a nice fella, but he's in, look at he's 19 years old. He's in a new country. He doesn't speak the language that properly. Doing his interview in English at the end, you know, fair play to him. He's a really likable character. Um, 
he's clearly got bags of potential, although he's very raw, as we saw from that first touch. But, I mean, that first goal, I mean, he's got the physical profile. He's got the pace. He had a couple of flashy moments last season where he nearly scored. Who's to say he couldn't be a little bit of a wild card and get himself, you know, I don't know, eight to ten goals this season? Who's to say? Well, you know, Emery said he needs to he needs to sharpen up. That'll be a good moment for him scoring that goal. But he needs to continue with his improvement and continue with his consistency. And I think the fitness part of it will hopefully help because he was blowing even after you know that brief kind of twenty minute spell he had. I know I know the nine minutes of injury time didn't help, but you know he's obviously going to get that confidence up and hopefully be trusted more and more to play. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic moment for him and really topped off a great a great afternoon for Villa and uh, you know great to get back to win- winning ways and um, and kick kickstart the season. I do have to mention Ken there with a super sticker. I think for two pound, thank you very much, mate, for your contribution. Cheers, that is man. much appreciated. A um, few comments in. <clears throat> Chris says, weirdly, I don't think we were that much better than the Newcastle match. We didn't have to be, to be fair, did we? Um, uh, Damski said we've still got Zaniolo to come in to do that creative role. He might be what we're looking for with that ruthlessness. We've got that in Diaby as well. Fantastic. Di- uh, Duncan said Zaniolo is quality. Hopefully we can keep him fit. Um, Dico Diaby, 12 to 15 goals this year. He's electric. Yeah, you can tell he's just got that quality. Um, Jordi Villan, we didn't need to be better versus Everton than we were versus Newcastle, but we also weren't bad against Newcastle until the third goal went in and then we gave up. Yeah, you do feel like moments went, went against us. I mean, I'm sure Everton might turn around and say that as well, though. Um, Duncan said Diaby would make Man City's first 11. I agree. Uh, and never agreed terms with Doku. So we got Diaby, they get Doku. Um, Michael's in the house. Hello, all. Literally just got through the door, so we'll watch on catch up later. Great winner. Let's push forward up the villa 100%. And Mr. Diar- Mr. Sensible said DRB is better than Doku. Um, what have we got? Uh, John says score four, and everyone wants another striker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny, isn't it? We're always perfectionists. Um, what else we got? Ian said, I remember when everyone was talking about how prolific Brentford were with Tony and his goal haul in the championship, but Brentford to score the same amount of goals the year before, it was just spread out. Interesting stuff. Uh, Agent Ashley, what an assist, says Mark. Yeah, yeah it, it did It did seem, it was probably a bit of a difficult situation for Ashley, like leaving in the summer and then playing against us so soon. Yeah. You know, it must have been a weird situation for him and then knowing that how good Villa were, you know, and what we what we do with our system because he he would have known exactly what we do yeah so yeah it was a weird one um uh, yeah young's a villa legend uh what's credo saying laugh laughing at kev zach efron get, get on the telly you you're welcome mate anytime i'm here, I'm here, I'm here all week <laughs> um Dico was hungry like the wolf yeah definitely dunk said duran a super sub this season but may start in europe um so yeah some just just a, just a kind of an all-round an all-round good af- uh, afternoon to be honest and a perfect game like we said before um one obviously blot on the copybook was uh and michael said there any news <clears throat> any news on coutinho and he was just looking like he was getting going wasn't he it was some lovely touches some little nutmegs 
link up play with a couple of the players and then he pulls his, I don't know if it's his hamstring, if it's his popped his knee, we're not we're not quite sure. Emery tried to play it down after the game, but it's always the same. He just seems to be getting himself going and then he, he gets another injury. Emery playing it down was like reminded me of like some some dodgy car salesman trying to say, no, 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 it's definitely the mileage is correct. The mileage is correct. <laughs> it's a really good runner. Because <laughs> he's got a couple of like Atari clubs the same club waiting in the wings, and they're like going, "Is you sure he's okay?" Yeah, and he's like half his knee ligaments hanging off. He's just done his hamstring for a couple of weeks. We'll yeah, yeah. look, run up and down the line. <laughs> yeah, walk um, around the pitch. Walk around the pitch. Give him a cortisone injection just to get him through it. Um, it was it was the ideal scenario for him to come into a game. We, we, we're clearly like we, with the game sewn up. You've got twenty or thirty. What well, with injury time, you've probably got about an hour left at the end of the game now. So, like, you've got plenty of time against a team that are really lambs to the slaughter, if you want them to be, to do what you're good at, which is, you know, be that artist on the ball, create stuff. There was, you're right, there was a nutmeg, there was a little flick over someone's head. And it, I actually think, I haven't watched it back, but it was quite a bad challenge on him. Like, it was a late tackle. Like, he'd gone past someone and they basically, like, just took him out or clicked him. And I think it was it was the manner of that. I mean, people might have seen it on telly. I was at the game, maybe seen it a bit more clearly. Um but by all accounts, they think it's weeks rather than months. That's what's been said by uh, by Emery. So, um, and that yeah, might Villa, be the reason Villa, 80, Villa 1982 says about two to three weeks out. So, I'm, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be delighted if he stays around because I think it could be really effective. And it would have been great to see him get a start away in Hibernia. Imagine that. Like looking at our team now, and you, you start in Duran, Tielemans, Katina. I did think when they all came on, I thought, crikey, Everton must be thinking, oh my goodness me. We've got these absolute quality players coming off coming off from the side of the pitch. You know, you've got um, obviously Diego Carlos came on as well. He's another like thirty million pound Europa League winning, winning defender. So you've got all these players coming on, and they're already like two or three nil down. They must be thinking this is this is just unfair. So Coutinho would have been great to see him just just to, just to do his stuff. I think with a bit of confidence. I think if he gets a, gets a goal or two on assist. I, th- I think I think there's still magic in those boots. He looks fit and sharp, and he's not that old. I mean, he's about as old as the guy that we're looking apparently to sign f- from from Sevilla. So yeah. you think about it. You yeah. know, I know, like some players can get to 30, 31 with a bit like an Eden Hazard or a Bale, or whatever, and that's them done. But I still think I still think there's a bit of bit of um, bit of life in him. There's a lot in there if you can keep you know keep injury free and keep a little bit more consistency. But yeah, I just hope it's not long. Uh, Rachel says there, we don't know yet if it's hamstring tear. Could be from two weeks to 14 weeks. So, you know, fingers crossed it's two weeks. Really random is in the house. Evening, folks. Great result. Great to have you in, mate. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, Carlos was good too, says Adamski. Him and Konza are going to be fighting to start. It was just a nice game for people to come into. You know, yeah. Everton really gave us a lot of time and it, I, I wouldn't read too much into that game in isolation. It was just nice to get back to winning ways. And I know before we go into kind of some more of the sort of questions that I've starred from 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 uh, everyone in, in the chat, um, you wanted to touch on just the opportunity that you've kind of seen that, you know, honestly, it's very early days in the season. We want to temper everyone with that, but... You kind of feel like we have got a real opportunity to, you know, to break into that stronghold of the, of the top six or top even even higher than that. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking it's just watching watching football over the last couple of weeks. I mean, admittedly, I didn't watch too much of the match of the day the week before, but I, I did I did catch up on um, 
you know, on the goals, some of the highlights of the games. We know City are, are, are poles, poles apart, right, of everyone else. And we know, obviously, Arsenal did well last season. They're probably, you know, de- decently equipped to, to push for the top four. Newcastle are the same. But outside of that, I think it's game on. Watching Man United, they're terrible. I mean, how many Man United's team would get in our first team? Serious question. Who'd get in our first team from their team? Tell me someone who would, who'd start. Definitely guaranteed 100%. I can't think of anyone, yeah. I, would, I would say. Um, Tottenham, who'd start? Who'd start in the Tottenham team in our team? Son, probably start for Manly. Son and Madison, maybe. Madison, yeah, probably. But, you know, if you... if you, I mean, see what happens with Zanio Lowe. But maybe a couple. We're talking teams that have been Champions League final, like three, three four years ago, whatever. I mean, the, the one for me is Chelsea. I mean, I don't think I'd want Mudrick on my team in five a side. Um, no, he's, he, 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 they keep saying that, oh, he's a good player. He just needs this. He just needs that. But I, I'm not, I've not seen anything from him. I've not seen anything from that Enzo guy. Like, Mudrick had a shot that went behind him. Did you see? Yeah. Towards the end of the game. En- Enzo Fernandez, Caicedo, maybe he's not match fit, but you know, that was. Did yeah, Caicedo can understand. on social media, no refunds. That was. Yeah, brilliant. yeah, yeah, yeah. Caicedo Fernandez. Mudrick and who's the other one? I can't remember. It's someone else midfield. Like it's three hundred and fifty million. Lavia, pounds. Lavia, Lavia. I mean that 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 Nonu Madueke looks all right. Looks as good as Al Ghazi did for us. They, they, well, he's an England under twenty one international. Yeah, I know. He's just I mean, a y- young player through Chelsea. That he's not like like I agree. It's it's what they seem to be doing is really bizarre. Like they're selling players that were from their academy and replacing them with more expensive younger players yeah it's it's it, it is crazy but chelsea is another one as well right spurs obviously have lost kane so i think as much as Ange ball and all that you know might might actually work out for them pretty well i don't think they're anywhere near the force they were i look around and I, the only teams that really worry me are brighton man city and newcastle that's it i, mean, I think there'll be some tough games in the league of course that west ham have strengthened a bit and they'll do more but Villa, Newcastle aside, in the last, what is it, we have nearly the end of August, the last 10 months, I've been absolutely cooking under Unai with supreme confidence. As McGinn said in his post-match, pre-season was great, preparation was good. I think the Mings injury mid-game really knocked the confidence and Newcastle took advantage of that, obviously, in that game. I think we've got to be looking at this now as a real opportunity and be saying, why can't we knock on top? I think I think I predicted this we could get fourth, but why? Why not? Why not? I mean, Arsenal of Arsenal, Man City. So I didn't mention Arsenal. But Arsenal, Man City, Brighton, Newcastle. Worry me. The rest of them, and even Brighton, like you know, they're going to have off days. They're a quality team. Newcastle last season at Villa Park, we absolutely we took t- t- tore them a new one. Um, and there are going to be good days and bad days for teams, but it's not like it was ten years ago where there was a real stranglehold on those top six positions. And that has to be exciting for a Villa fan because I think if we can bring in a couple more signings, get the squad where Emery wants it to be, anything's possible for me. Anything's possible. And I just think this opportunity doesn't come around that often. And if these other teams do kick on and strengthen, I mean, Liverpool, I briefly mentioned them. Offensively, they look decent. Obviously, you know, I mean, maybe not Nunes, but they've obviously got Diaz, they've got Gakpo, they've got Salah. But defensively... I don't think they're at all that. Midfield-wise, what they got in midfield now? Liverpool? Really? Slobberslay. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, d- I don't disagree. I think I think I'm, I'm in Michael's camp there. We must remember the season is a marathon and not a sprint. 
and despite our first game, nothing has been achieved yet. So look, these other teams will be saying exactly the same thing. Let's not get carried away. You know, easily a team could go on a run of 10 wins in a row. That could be us, but equally we could go on a, on a bad run, you know. So what I do think will help us is our home form. And we seem to, Emery seems to have cracked the home form. And, and once you get the crowd on side, similar to a Newcastle situation, it's very difficult for teams to come to Villa Park and and get a win, you know, particularly, like I say, if we get that momentum going and the way we start games, you know, again, we were 2-0 up inside 20 minutes or 22 minutes or whatever. We've, we've almost won the game, you know, so that's something that's going to be massive. It's just, can we, can we replicate, you know, beating Tottenham away, beating Chelsea away, um, beating Brighton away? Can we replicate that again this season? Because that's what's going to propel us up the table. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, I totally agree about not getting carried away because Newcastle was the biggest, you know, wake up call to, to not believe in your own hype. And I think, you know, it might well be a blessing in disguise. And clearly we haven't seen that defence tested with that Mings. It was an ideal game for Torres uh, to start and for Carlos to come into. Um, your your, your T-shirt is getting a lot of attention today, mate. Absolutely. absolutely. I've only ever managed to squeeze back into this in the last last year or so. There's kind of a bit of extra timber. So, you know, I'll, 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 I'll take all the feedback. Any, anything to get the comments rolling in. Um, yeah, so clearly, you know, Mings is going to be a big loss. We don't know how we're going to replace Mings, Buendia, yeah, Alas Bailey going to be out for Carlos, it's a, uh, sorry, Coutinho, etc. But the fact we're even in this conversation to think we could even do this is we're basing that on what happened since Emery's joined and what everyone else is doing. And everyone's saying, man, you know, I'd have strengthened. I mean, Mason Mount and, and, and Anna and, I mean, are they that good? Is Mount, like, Mount looks like he's totally lost. Totally I've lost. never rated him, but that's that's just me. 60, 70 that's million. You know, yeah. you got, but, and you've got Man City buying players that can't get in the team, like Fat Phillips for 50-odd million. Um so, you know, I know the league's a bit, screwed, a bit, a bit skewed, but um, I just think the opportunity is there. But you're absolutely right. We, we've got to continue to the same vein we've been in under Emery, and that is we know we're a bit of a, a bit of a fortress at Villa Park. The away form was, was brilliant. There wasn't it at times last season, particularly, you know, that, that, that run we went on. And that's going, to be, that's going to be the key thing. When we're under a bit of pressure away from home, how would Mount would, wouldn't get anywhere near my, my, my team? Don't know, absolutely not. Um, bench maybe. Um, how will we cope away from home when we're under pressure without having Mings to be that hero defender? That that's going to be the, the, the real question. And also, obviously, the uh, the Thursday Sunday games with, with Europe. Agreed, mate. Agreed. Well, loads of comments. Like I can't, I can't get through them all, but people talk about where we where we think we where they think we're going to finish. A lot of people saying fifth or above around 70 points, which would be fantastic. And uh, and, a, and a few people mentioning kind of signings, which we'll get into, uh, just have a, a brief comment on signings. A lot of people saying that Acuna looks like he's going to be done very, very soon, two-year deal. Obviously, Luca Dean going out to Nice on a, on a loan with an option to buy. Philogene Bidace going to Hull alongside, along with uh, Keenan Davis for a total of six million between the two. And then Dale, you know, thinking that you know we could be looking at potentially look. He he kind of feels like there's there is another big sign in there to be done if if we can. Um, what are your thoughts on on that kind of you know incoming with sort of Acuna and then the outgoings with sort of Dina 
Davis and and Bidace first. I understand Dean, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of talk on, on social media, particularly helped by the fact he played really well the weekend. His crossing was really good, really good. But when Moreno's fit, Dina isn't first choice left back. That's just a reality. And, and you know, there's all the talk about how high his wages are. Um, and obviously what we paid for him. So and, I, and the age he's at. And I think if you can get a decent, we're going to get a fee if he goes on loan. Maybe it's an obligation to buy the season after. He's a really good player. He's probably too good to be our backup left back. But then he's a Cunha, too good to be our backup left back. So probably same question. But if you were going to do that and you could bring someone in on maybe significantly cheaper wages, a, a cheaper fee, then it's probably a good move. Uh, Bidace is a surprise because obviously he impressed in pre-season, but again, he's he's unproven in the Premier League. Um, so the fact, the same sort of question for, for an Aaron Ramsey and an Archer, if they're not getting game time, is it, does it make sense from an FFP perspective to get a fee for them? I'm just surprised at the fee. I would have thought in this current market with the, the money that players are going for, we get more than five million for him. Mm, and I, I don't, I, I don't. I... Some Maybe a million more, but he's he's ne- he's never played he's never played a first team game. He's not he's not representing like international like young international ranks. I know, but the mentalism. I think five million is a good a good price. Okay, I mean, I, and maybe. Maybe you might feel the same about Davies for a million because he had injury problems, but mid 20 striker that's got proven goal scores. Yeah, I think we probably could have got more. I don't know what his contract situation's like. Mm, I don't know if he's coming up to the end of his contract, so that that might have played into it. Ram, yeah. obviously, Ramsey's got Ramsey's got a bit more pedigree, so that's why they're talking like the 14 million because he's in England under 21, etc., etc. Um, yeah, maybe Bidacy could have maybe claimed a bit more Championship Young Player of the Year at Cardiff last season. He got a record in the Championship, but maybe Hull. That's the. I don't imagine that they'll be flush with money, and yeah, it's it's what the academy, it's what the academy or the young players are there to do. You know, they're there to to bring revenue in, and if you total up, I mean, Ramsey hasn't been um, confirmed yet, has he? But if you total say Ramsey, D, uh, Ramsey Davis, and Bidace, that's like 20, just over twenty million on on those three players. And if you add twenty million for Archer, say, and then you've got your twenty million for Chuck last last season, you've made sixty million quid from. Players that have basically come through your academy, pretty much, with buyback clauses on on the on the couple of those players. Um, mm. Yeah, um, what have we got here? Uh, loads of comments coming in. Uh, uh, Adamski says Dinia going has become a funny one after his best performance in the Villa shirt. I think it shows his professionalism. To be fair, they also don't understand Dinia going on loan to France. Nice won't pay all of his wages and a low loan fee. Well, that's the. That's the negotiation that's going through at the moment. Um, Jordi Villan, Dini was good going forward against Everton. He really struggled with positioning for the playing out part, though. Um, I think he's a good option. I just think we, 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 I think sometimes because of that lack of pace, he's either got to get there too early or he's not getting there early enough. Um, and I think with Pau Torres, I think he probably will work well with a Spanish style fullback, whether that's Moreno or whether that's Acuna. Mm. Um, Rachel said, I think Dina wants Nice rather than Saudi Arabia. Chris says, Dina's always been an injury waiting to happen. Don't forget. Yeah. Billy Boy said, I think it's FFP reason clubs would rather loan out than sell. Um, and Rub says, and Dina is good versus Everton, Luton, Leeds. When it matters, he's average at best, but strange to loan him and still cover part of the salary. 
Um, Duncan said the academy is there to make money for the club with the occasional Grealish Jacob Ramsey coming along. Exactly what I said the other day. Um, yeah. Dale said before any before pre-season, Jaden uh, Philogene Bades was rumoured to be two million. So to get five million is good business yeah, with a buyback clause. Don't forget. Yeah. Edie said, "How's Courtney Hall still on our books?" Maybe they're just you know seeing a... how the injuries go with the centre half. See if we get yeah. Do you know who I saw a picture of in training? Um, I think someone had it on there. One of the players had it on their Instagram. Caleb Chukwemeka. Remember Caleb Chukwemeka? Yeah, I remember him. He's he's still around the club. He's still training. So, didn't, he go, didn't he go on loan at like Northampton and get zero goals? Northampton and, and then went on loan in Scotland and, and got sent back. Probably just keeping him busy, ain't we? Yeah. Uh, Dika said, hopefully Monchi has slipped in a few buybacks the way Kev slipped into that top. Take it, Dika. Looking good. Um, yeah, this is one question I'll come to uh, in a second. Uh yeah, just more more around the the, 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 the you know the, the good business that we're doing. But a couple of people have asked this. Uh, Steve said, "How do we fill our quote of English and homegrown players uh, for the conference league?" And I think someone else asked that um, as well. Uh, Aiden said, um, "How are we going to deal with the homegrown player requirements for Europe if we are selling all of our academy players?" Well, we seemingly got the same approach to it that. Um... That the likes of like Chelsea, Man City, and and um, you know Everton have got towards FFP. Like, seems similarly, we don't care because we're sell selling or getting rid of all of our players that are homegrown. So it does, on the face of it, seem a bit surprising. The only thing I can think is that maybe they're just going to have to name some of the under twenty ones, whatever it is, in the squad. Maybe mm -hmm. that means that. Potentially, I was thinking this earlier. Maybe it means potentially that some players that are more established might get left out of the squad because we don't meet the quota. Which would be surprising, but I can't see a way around it. But potentially, you're going to say maybe a chain, maybe Chambers is out, but Feeney, no, well, Chambers would, would class, but I don't know, maybe a Carlos is out, but a Feeney is in, or you know, something weird like that. I don't know, you know, yeah. The homegrown isn't a problem, as Rachel said, it's the academy which is the problem. But you just have a reduced squad if you can't fill the quota. So if, you only, if you've only got three academy players, you get a squad of 24, okay, or something Fair like enough. that. It, it, it's enough. not a massive, it's not a massive thing. Dale said four trained at the club before their 21st birthday and four trained in the country before their 21st birthday. Mm. So you'd think one of the, you'd think it's this, well, the other sub goalkeeper, Marshall, you'd Jacob think Ram Archer, you'd think Ramsey and you'd think Caden Young. Yeah. And Ram and obviously Archer might go. So yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or you're, yeah, or you'd have Eric. No, no, you wouldn't have Eric Bannon, would you? I don't know. I don't know if he would count. But yeah, and then the home and the home home tra home grown isn't isn't a problem. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, I think we'll be fine. I think we will be fine. But like I say, you know, or Kellyman comes in, someone like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Into the squad. Yeah, as uh, Edie says there. Uh couple of questions and another point that you wanted to raise as well a um, little bit of controversy uh, across the weekend was around the um the new terrace view and a few fans not being happy with people who paid the money to get the terrace view um and kind of yeah a little bit of a little bit of grief or 
I wouldn't say abuse because that's a bit strong, but a little bit of kind of nasty comments towards Villa fans that had purchased the upgrade to the terrace view and it's slightly uncalled for, I would say, Kev. Yeah, I put a tweet out about it earlier because I saw a few videos going around and it just 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 wound me up because I think people are conflating the issue. Um, and look, I, I mean, like I might have even used like the word abuse in one of my comments back to someone. You know, it's it's not nice if you're being abused. Maybe abuse is a bit of a an overreaction because in this day and age, the words hate and abuse are thrown around around like you know like sweets, aren't they? Um, but look, from what I can see, you've got people that are given an option by the club if they want to upgrade their seat to something, and they're taking that option. You're going to abuse someone because they've got a, a Jaguar or a Ferrari or because they've got a nicer house. Like for me, it, it's reverse snobbery, if that's even a term. Um, and it's conflating the issue between that and whether the rest of the ground should have better facilities and catering, etc., and service. I totally agree because where I've sat in the ground, I've always felt like it leaves a lot to be desired compared to. West Ham away last season was great, and had Spurs ground is meant to be brilliant. Not been there, but plenty of other clubs have got you know it's just cleaner, tighter service. I think one of the Villa's issues for me, it seems, is been that they've always tried to uh, you know use maybe not the most experienced staff, but possibly giving a chance to people that maybe are I don't know whether they're in the local area, whether they're a bit more junior, maybe they're trying to save a bit of money on the costs. But with that comes a real lack of service. Just, just that's just an honest point. You get some absolute stars. So if you, you, you see situations where you've got a massive queue, I saw some like put a point out like he got ordered some chips and he, the guy was serving him one chip at a time, <laughs> and it's like stuff like that when you've got ten minutes to kick off or fifteen minutes at half time that winds you up. So two separate issues for me. I'm hoping Chris Heck. I'm assuming it's going to be un, under his his watch can really sort out the hosp- the hospitality that people everyone gets at the ground you know how do you, what's your experience like when you walk into that ground Wh- whatever part of the ground you're in whether you're in one of the directors boxes whether you're in the the upper north stand do you get and let's just talk about the north stand's the right state there's like you know mold on the ceilings it's just unacceptable the club needs to sort it out i know they're going to do some work on it but i get why people will be annoyed that they feel like there's these people then getting a better service but it's a separate point for me around giving people grief because they've chosen to take a product the club has offered them and they're putting money into the club's coffers and, and saying, where were you when we were shit? Like, well, how, do they, how the hell do they know where they were? Because maybe they were there 20 years before when you weren't even born, for example. So, and I know, like, people have a few beers and they say silly things, but let's separate the issues. People want to spend a bit more money to have a nicer service at the, at the villa. You don't know what their background is. They might have worked hard to get to that point. They might have had it landed on a silver spoon. Who cares? They've taken that opportunity. The separate point is the service at the club from a catering facilities perspective is is pretty dire and it massively needs to improve. I agree 100%. I don't think I can add any more than that. All I can say is I was in the whole tender pair and I went down at nine minutes. There was nine minutes injury time at. So I went down just before those nine minutes of injury time and I was still in the queue five minutes before the second half was to start and I ended up going to a different queue because I hadn't moved and yeah and to me like you said it's you know it's young kids that maybe for an agency or or whatever given an opportunity to work you know those week those weekend when the, the matches are on and to me it would probably be hire more of them and or do a training session before the in the week get them in two or three hours for a training session 
and go through this is what you do this is how you do it etc etc because i think like you say it becomes an issue when people see other people perceiving other people to get nicer service better service all this kind of stuff for for and they're only getting that because they're paying the extra and then people then get left behind when they've yeah. when they've paid x amount for a season ticket and their 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 kind of experience of but having a drink and securing up for a drink has has not only not improved but has actually got worse yeah, and you, that's the you, and that's you, the that's the problem You've just got to be rapid there. Some of the stuff are great. I mean, I, I don't, for those that don't know, I worked at a villa when I was 15, like 15, 16, selling food beyond, beyond those same bars. And the reality is, is that before the, before kickoff and at halftime, you've got to move, you've got to have a bit of tempo. And I don't know whether it's a generational thing, but again, some of the stuff are great. You can see the ones that are really trying, but there's so many times I've been absolutely furious that people just like, you know, kind of like ambling across to pick up some food. You've got, throws throngs of people there like waiting to get served to get back out and in the end they're not even getting a drink at half time sometimes and some people need a drink because maybe they've got a medical issue or it's a hot day or whatever it might be and I, I, I honestly think the issue is leadership I've said it before to I've complained to the club before that it's before you need someone maybe probably to told in the area who's, who's cracking the whip a little bit or is, you know, maybe they need to pay a few more people to be in, in those kitchens saying, right, come on. And so maybe extra staff would help as well. But it all becomes part of the overall service. If you go to a nice restaurant and have a bad service, it doesn't matter how nice the food is, it, it annoys you. And yeah, you well, that, that's, exact, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like they've, you know, on the whole end in particular, I don't, I'm not too sure about the other the other ends of the ground. But the whole ten, they've, they, you know, they've got the Punjabi grill, lovely food. They've got a chicken place, really nice food. Well, it's no good if you can't eat it. If you, you know, if it's no good if no one's getting it because you you you're served like it's taking you 20, 25 minutes to get served at half time. You know, it's yeah. And I know in the lower halt they've done some improvements where you kind of you go and get that you you put your order on the touch screen and you go and pick it up. And maybe they should maybe they need to do something like around the full ground. But you know, they've had pre they've had the summer to kind of get this stuff sorted out and. Yeah, if we want to be a top four club, this isn't good enough. Well, but I also, and I, but I do totally get the annoyance. I mean, I'm with all the people that have been annoyed about it because they've put prices up. So in a cost of living crisis, you know, and I get the club want to compete, you know, and all this money helps in terms of revenue coming in. So that's a, still a lot of cheaper than a lot of clubs in some parts. Of, parts of what you got, what we got to do, but you put prices up and service doesn't get any better. Perception then is, is really negative. No matter what the club can say. They got they got to sort it out because it because it just it just just ain't good enough. And also to add to that, the ticketing situation is a bit of a bit of a joke as well. And if you add ticketing and food and catering to a situation, and then I mean they're lucky that the home form is so good because they probably get less complaints. If if they, we were like circling the plug hole, then I think it'd be a bit a different kettle of fish, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Uh, a few comments on this. Deco said, "I'm twelve thousandth on the waiting list for a season ticket. Been on the list for three years." Totally understand people buying the Terrace View option. Um, what else have we got? Uh, for lads like me uh, up in Scotland, I'll take any ticket I can and I'll pay a lot extra for it, says Gaza. Um, Ken says his niece works there. Definitely need more staff. Um, CC has said, I agree. The real issue is that they built the Terrace for people that can afford it and not treating the rest of the fans in hospitality. Um, 
which is yeah, which is exactly what we said. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, additional kind of upgrades for people, but like just make the standard service better as well. As as you've pointed out, West Ham is good, Tottenham's great. You know, there's other there's other grounds that have that. You know, Brentford I think was really nice the way that you got served at Brentford. Rich. Let's not forget that we went, we went to Leicester away last season and there was no food at all because the Wi-Fi... Yeah, that's true. That's true. That Although that, true. That, that, well, that was a one-off, I'm sure. Going down with the yeah. Wi-Fi is still one of my favourite chants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a proper bar manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stephen said, I work in kitchens. The younger guys need telling all the time to move. He thinks it's a generation thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm working as a team, as we've said. Uh yeah, CC, I agree. Villa have inadvertently created a two-tier system of hospitality by just creating a terrace for those that can afford and not doing anything to pr- improve the hospitality issues for the rest. Yeah. I think that's a good, great way of putting it. Yeah. Um, uh, any more questions from anyone? Let's just have a look. Uh, Willie said, being a, vo- a Villa fan north of the border, just to remind Villa fans, if they're coming up early for the Hibs game, Edinburgh is busy with the Edinburgh Festival on. Chance to be a fine thing to get a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the final, the final thing I wanted to wanted to cover was um, was this 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 bizarre incident with Leon Bailey. Um, mm. uh, B Douglas has said, "What's what's up with the Leon Bailey assault situation?" And I know in the WhatsApp groups we were kind of wondering where you were um, around around half past four on Saturday on Sunday afternoon. But um, wasn't me. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I think it's a bit of a storm in a teacup. Do you? I think I think Moore's come out like he's obviously got a young child and his and his wife or girlfriend is pregnant as well. So maybe you know, reading between the lines, maybe someone's got a bit too close. Or you know, I know I'd be really protective of my missus if she was walking through and she's pregnant and and that kind of stuff. So hopefully it's just a bit of a kind of misunderstanding, bit of a storm in a teacup situation. Well, I think without the context and details, it's just impossible to say because you can you can you can look at it from whatever lens you want to look at it through and say maybe Bailey overreacted and was rude. Maybe this person was rude to Bailey and was a bit forceful, and everything everything in between. Maybe it was genuinely assault by Bailey and he's gone too far, or maybe it was twenty twenty three assault. I mean, you know, to be honest, yeah, yeah, we'd like him to do some of that on the football pitch. If I'm honest. I know, particularly but, but away I from know. Villa Park. I don't know whether Bailey is genuinely like does something wrong, whether this other person's, you know, laying on thick or or anywhere in between. It might be terrible by Bailey. It might be that someone's, you know, had a real minor incident and they've put a complaint against one of our players, which is, you know, potentially not a good look. But we don't know. Bailey might have done something wrong. So I think until the police uh, looked into it, then um, yeah, you know, it's just always I don't know. It's just always kind of. Assault and all these kind of words, it just I don't know. It just everything I, I shake my head sometimes. I think a couple yeah. of signed shirts and a signed football and all that, and I'm sh- and a and a picture opportunity. Yeah. I think I think all, all will be forgiven. Let's, let's hope so. Anyway, well, when you see a, see a video on social media like of an altercation and like I know someone puts a hand out and it's like touches someone's chest and go, "You've assaulted me! You've assaulted me!" I'm like, "Whoa! What are you talking about?" So, yeah, and that's the thing this day and age, a lot of words get overused and therefore genuine situations sometimes then don't get the same coverage they deserve. So let's see what happens. There's a lot yeah. of people at the club. Let's hope, as you say, maybe a tour of Bodymore Heath, a, a, a signed shirt, photo opportunity. Bailey goes around his house and plays football in the garden with his kid. All is forgiven, hopefully. Yeah. 
um, people saying it's on CCTV, so okay. they'll find it. They'll find it. Um, just before we do finish, I did want to cover um, a little bit on the on the this injury time, and and then the amount of kind of yellow and red cards that are potentially dish, being dished out. Eighteen minutes was added on 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 Sunday, and I'm sure there was no t- there was no player on that pitch in that second half of injury time that wanted that amount of time. Like Everton couldn't wait to get off the pitch. Villa had had the game won. The, 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 like I said, there's n- numerous red cards and yellow cards being given. Is this just an over over kind of exuberant referee and kind of PGMOL at the start of the season wanted to stamp their authority? Or are we kind of, is this kind of how we're, how we're prepared for the rest of this season? Because I don't think it's having the desired impact that they that, uh, that they wanted to. I actually think it's having the opposite impact, and these players are getting are actually getting more injury prone off the back of this. It, it's it's a real difficult one because the principle of actually playing the game, you know, the, the amount of time the game's supposed to be played for, rather than having all these stoppages, I, I get it entirely. Like you want to get value for money, but you know, they're obviously letting a bit more go, aren't they? So a few more challenges that would have been seen as fouls have been let go, which which obviously helps, but they're giving yellow cards for nothing. I mean, even like just sometimes talking to the ref. I mean, obviously Louise got a yellow card against Newcastle early on. He was on a tightrope the whole of the game. He got a yellow card early uh, against Everton, first 20 minutes maybe. And if you think about what happened, there was 120 minutes pretty much, because even the nine minutes injury time went on a bit longer. He's got 100 minutes of Premier League football playing a defensive midfield role where he can't make a single error. 100 minutes, one hour and 40 minutes for those who don't know how hours and minutes work. I'm sorry. Um, and um, that's really difficult for a player like that to, to not miss time a tackle. And then you're off. I mean, apparently tonight, um, obviously Arsenal have had a, had a red card for a couple of yellows apparently. And, you're, you're right. If, if all of a sudden you extend everything by 20 minutes, there's more. But just by the, by, by just general ratios, it's just mathematics, there's more opportunity to, 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 to get more yellow cards. And I do wonder sometimes whether that will mean that like happened with maybe the Villa game is different because we were three up, whatever, early on. But maybe games will peter out a bit more into almost a pre-season vibe. Mm-hmm. If there's just, you know, if the result maybe is done because... To exert yourself, you're going to have more chance of injury. You're going to get more chance of being booked or sent off. And 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 is it worth it? Yeah. And, and also someone's put there, like, you know, a night game on a Tuesday night or whatever, and you've got to travel from wherever, and you've got to get the train back, and they're adding another 10 minutes on at the end of the game. You're going to miss your train. So you are, so you're not getting, you're not getting the value for money anyway, because you've, you've, you've loads of times they cancel the trains after a certain time. Mate, and you're, you're not going to get home anyway. You just made a brilliant point because you know West Midlands trains, obviously, you know, and and Aston Villa seem to get on on about as well as you know Prince Harry and Prince William. It, it, it's it's just crazy. I mean, I remember when, when I drive in now with my lad, but I remember when I used to get the train in. I, I understand all of this. Oh, let's use public transport because of the environment. Try getting away from Villa Park and and think that's a good idea. Matter times when I didn't have my lad, I used to walk back to Birmingham City Centre. You know, you know, talking like, you know, what, two, three miles over. And sometimes that was late at night because I couldn't get a bloody train. I couldn't get couldn't get an Uber. So yeah. you think about that point. If there's a train due to go and you need to get it and then you've had an extra 20 minutes, it, are the bosses at the train company thinking, I know what we'll do. We'll put an extra train on. I don't know how easy that is. Or we'll, we'll change the time of the train. No, they're not. So it could really affect people getting home. 
or at least get, yeah. getting to where they need to be. I don't know. It, it, it's a real tricky one. I just think sometimes, you know, there's got to be a bit more, bit more common sense. And I think maybe more common sense. With I think the thing that can make it a bit easy, the whole situation, is not giving out so many needless yellows. Because even if the captain is just trying to question something and they're getting a yellow. I mean, cut out dissent. I totally get it. And, yeah. you know, showing an imaginary yellow card, absolutely, you, you're in the book for that. And, you know, but... Yeah, I just, I just think it, that it, it's just, it's just a bit unbalanced at the moment. The, the whole thing, and I think there's going to be more situations. I was thinking there'd be more red cards this weekend. I think we're going to have some, if it doesn't change soon, there'll be some weekends when I think there'll be loads of red cards, and then maybe something will happen. Yeah, and they do tend to do this at the start of the season. The referees get quite overzealous and want to do that and stamp it down. And, and CC said, you know, to be fair. If it was that many minutes because of injury treatment, love the new changes, no more time wasting, surrounding the ref, calling for cards, eventually it will calm down. And I do agree with quite a lot of that. I just think maybe, I think adding the time on for the deliberate kind of time wasting is fine. I think sometimes like, if there has been a bad injury, maybe they have like a nominal amount that they add on just because... Yeah, it's going to get, I just think it's going to get stupid, especially if they're doing all of that as well. You know, the, but hopefully it will it will calm down um just because um yeah just be just because of that the, the, the way that the way that the, the season started and people they do want to kind of stamp their authority and hopefully players will just get used to how it is you know i didn't i didn't see any kind of play acting and going down that's the that's the point i didn't see that much i just saw players getting injured um and that, that's part that's the problem i think because yeah. if it's one, if it's one-one, and the team's really going to go for it, they really are going to, they really are going to go for it, especially if they've got nine or ten minutes injury time to to go yeah. to yeah. go at it. So, yeah. I don't know. We also get a massive boost, don't you? Like prior to this season, if there was like four or five minutes, the crowd would go, "Oh, come on!" There's like you know, the the, uh, the fourth official has indicated there'll be an additional fourteen minutes. You're like, "Crikey, we've got a real chance here." We've got mm. we've got a third of a half to extra to, to to score. So yeah, but I do think you'll get a situation where towards the end of the season, maybe a team's got a big cup game or an important league game where games also might peter out and you might be sat watching it. I mean, Villa last 20 minutes of the Villa game was fairly drab, really, not much happened once that fourth goal went in. And if you had somewhere to be or it was an eight o'clock kickoff, then I think you might be a bit like, come on, I get on with it. I don't really like I I never leave early. Ever. Yeah. You know? No. No, I mean, um, I've even stayed at St. James's Park when we were 5-1 down, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I think just, that, I think that... Leave early now. Yeah, yeah, let's just jump out, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I do, I think that, I think that, um, that probably does us, mate. We did say we didn't want to do, we didn't want to do a full, <laughs> a full, a full, a uh, long show, but Aaron, 23 minutes in, so many comments, which are fantastic. And we love like these fans forum type shows where we kind of go through any questions that you guys have got, anything that you want to chat about. So it's it's brilliant to it's brilliant to get involved. But um, we've got so like now that now we're really kicking into the season. Now we're kicking into you know the um uh the the Europa Conference League. You know, fingers crossed that we get through that group stage against Hibs. But you know, we've got lots and lots of shows lined up for you. So do make sure you stay tuned hit that like button and hit that subscribe button to um, help us grow the channel. Um, like I said before, we're on the road to 3K, so you guys can really help us to to push on to, to bigger and better things. But we have we will be doing a match preview for Hibs over uh, hopefully tomorrow. 
I've got Gareth lined up, ready and waiting for the Talking Tactics show, which actually last week, I think we got over 5,000 views on that show. So that that show is just growing and growing and growing. So make sure you check that one out after a victory as well against Everton 4-0. It's one not to be missed. Um, We'll obviously be doing a match reaction show to Hibs. We'll be doing a preview for Burnley. So, and any transfer talk shows that that we that, that we that we want to do. So, do stay tuned uh, to the channel. But thank you so much for your comments, guys. Thank you for getting involved in the show. Um, it's going to be a massive week for Villa. Hopefully, we get through in the. We get to a great start in the Conference League. Um, and uh, as always, though, please remember we all follow the Villa. Thanks, everyone. Our-